The following aviation podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode number 62, Broken Throttles, Air Cams, our holiday wish list, picks of the week, and more coming up now on this edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now, here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Sean Moody, Rick Felty, Carl Valeri, and Len Costa. Hello and welcome to this holiday edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast. I'm your host, Len Costa. Joining me on the show today are my favorite group of aviation misfits. Starting first with our misfit from Florida, who where I hear it's actually nice and warm and 70 degrees while the rest of us are freezing our butts off, Carl Valeri. Hey, it's actually getting a little bit cold now. It's uh, The temperatures are dropping below 70 and people have their jackets on again. But, uh, you know, nothing says Christmas like a palm tree with lights on it. <laughs> I would like to see your palm tree Christmas oh, tree. Oh, that's another. I definitely will tweet that picture at some point. Yes, please do, <laughs> and and preferably one of those uh, iconic pink flamingo uh, lawn, lawn ornaments. Do you have one of those too? Those. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it has an airplane on it, then I'd put it up. Disappointing, disappointing. Well, it's good to have you. Welcome. Great to be here. Thank you. Our uh, next misfit from uh, all the way in Maryland, Victoria Zyko. Welcome. Hello, I am. Uh, I turned on the light outside our window of the office, and so I can see the maybe 14 inches of snow that is outside right now. Wow, you guys got way more than we did. Yeah, it just kind of pummeled on us. Yikes. But it's pretty to look at, but it kind of froze over, so if you go out there, you just kind of slide all over the place. Well, and hopefully all the trees that were going to fall down fell down in those last few storms. Oh, yeah, that's scary. <laughs> I, I once fell asleep and heard that, could not go back to bed for the rest of the night. It's the scariest sound, hearing a tree come down the mountain towards your house. So, so it's, you know, that old adage that they say, if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there to hear it, doesn't make a sound. I guess it does. If Yeah, if you live in a woods, it sure does. It sure does. Interesting. Well, welcome. Glad to have you here. Thank you. Our next misfit all the way from Kentucky. Welcome, Sean. Hello. Good evening. Uh, it's cold like pretty much all the rest of you guys except Carl. I'll uh, complain <laughs> about those sub-70 temperatures, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, glad to be here. Yes, glad to have you back. And uh, our next misfit all the way from Massachusetts, Rick Felty. Welcome. Yes, thank you. Massachusetts, the land of misfit toys. <laughs> um, no, I don't know what that means. It's, uh, yeah, we're having, a, we're having the beginning of winter here. It's a lot of fun. And uh, look, I'm glad everybody's together on the, on the show today. It's Absolutely. Good. Once again, I'm Len Costa, joining you from uh, all the way out here in Illinois. And uh, this is episode number 62. Let's do the pre-flight. We've got a couple of announcements today, as we like to share at the beginning of the show, starting first with Carl, an event coming up in uh, January, I believe. Yes. Actually, uh, other than Sun and Fun, this is my second favorite event of aviation, and it's the uh, Sebring U.S. Sport Aviation Expo. 
and it's in Sebring, Florida, which is in Central Florida, and it's one of the neatest events because it's it's like where aviation started. You know, it, it's smaller planes. It, it's a event where you can actually go and fly sport aircraft, and you can learn about getting the sport pilot certificate. They have all sorts of really cool vendors, some some really neat new aircraft, and you know, sport aviation has really moved forward in the past few years, and. I tell you that this is this is one of those events, uh, unlike some of the bigger air shows, where you actually get you know up close and personal with a, a lot of the vendors there. And uh, you know if you want to try it out, that some of these <laughs> some of these things are really cool, like uh, those those powered parachutes you can try, or or any of the new aircraft that you know on floats, et cetera. Now the expo is going to be this year from January sixteenth through nineteenth, and another neat thing is that they're going to have it live and. Sun and Fun Radio is actually going to be there transmitting live. Now, I'm hoping to be there, and my schedule comes out today, and I hope I'll be there uh, being one of the volunteer uh, broadcasters there. They're going to have an air show. They're going to have uh, you know, people that give rides in airplanes. They're also going to have a lot of really good educational different forums for you. So if you want to check it out, uh, go to uh, sportaviationexpo.com. That's what Dash is in it, but just go ahead and over to Stuck Mike Avcast and, and click on the link that we'll have there. So Sebring, Sport Aviation Expo, it's their 10th anniversary, January 16th through 19th. Speaking of air shows, um, a friend, uh, another actually aviation podcaster, uh, Stephen Force over at airspeedonline.com, had a fantastic opportunity over the last year and a half to take part in um, flying uh flying in some air show demonstrations and he really interestingly enough took the time and it was uh it's, it's quite an interesting story nevertheless but took the time to pretty much document his entire experience and he's got he's got the entire uh entire it's, it's broken down into three three part series it's called the inside air shows uh series over at airspeedonline.com and uh, like I said, it's a pretty interesting story about how, uh, you know, one man, an aviation podcaster, a general aviation pilot, makes his way into the air show circuit and everything that goes along with it. And uh, I think that's a really interesting story to kind of follow along with. And like I said, you can go to his website, airspeedonline.com. Just look for the Inside Air Shows series, and uh, it is... Uh, a three-part series, so you'll find them. You'll find three parts there, but uh, really interesting story, and I think it's worth, I think it's worth checking out. Um, regarding uh, podcasting, as a matter of fact, I wanted to thank you because I received an email recently that said we had been nominated for a podcast awards uh, for the 2013 podcast awards, and I, fun, funnily enough, I did not even realize such an organization. Um, existed, but uh, it was nevertheless fun to receive this uh, this nomination email the other day, and uh, we we unfortunately did not make it as a finalist, but uh, I did want to extend our appreciation to you for sending in those nominations. And uh, next year, I'll be a little bit more on top of that now that I know it's out there, and we'll be, we'll be we'll definitely uh, give you a heads up when when the uh, when the nomination window is open. And uh, maybe we can be one of the first aviation podcasts to uh, to win this award. That'd be really cool. So, uh, we'll we'll keep you abreast of that uh, coming in 2014. Uh, also, you uh, a reminder how to join our VIP email list. You can visit stuckmygavcast.com forward slash VIP. 
From there, you'll be able to enter your name and email and uh, receive all of our updates, blog posts, even sneak previews of the episodes that we do release to our email list only. That's why we call it our VIP list. Uh, we do uh, release sne- uh, sneak previews to the episodes before they come out to the general public. And uh, you can check that out again, stuckmikeavcast.com forward slash VIP. And uh, final announcement, you as everybody um, on the show has heard before, Carl and I have our course called The Practical Guide to Winter Flying. Uh, for, let's see, it's December 15th until, it's been going on actually already, but just a reminder that through December 29th, 2013, we're uh, offering $20 off the Practical Guide to Winter Flying. Just use coupon code THANKS2013, that's THANKS2013, during the checkout process. Make sure you click the apply button. You'll see the cart refresh, the $20 coupon, uh, the $20 will be deducted. And you can continue with uh, continue with your purchase. Again, that's our, our appreciation for all of your loyalty and listenership through 2013. And we really want to really want you to get your hands on this course. And we know how much it will help you flying this winter. So check that out. Practical Guide to Winterflying.com. Coupon code thanks2013. Before we do get started today, we do have a uh, kind of a year-end, like I said, holiday show with some fun topics to uh, to talk about. But first, uh, some shout-outs to our sponsors, Four Pilots Only, home of the iPro uh, kneeboards, our entire line of kneeboards for the uh, iPad. Uh, again, they just recently came out with a new one called the iPro Air Commander, which is, well, obviously for the new iPad Air. Uh, do check them out, stuckmikeavcast.com forward slash four pilots only. Of course, there's our awesome friends over at Chicago's Aviation and Pilot Emporium. That's Aviation Universe. Uh, They've got some new things going on, um, some new arrivals on their website as well as far as products and whatnot, some cool featured things um, that they've got uh, over there. You can visit them. It's stuckmikeavcast.com forward slash aviation universe. Now entering cruise flight. We have... A listener mail that we want to read today as well. So why don't we go ahead and get started with that as I pull this up. Now, the uh, this listener mail is actually a, a blog post that I had just recently put uh, on the website. It's called Broken Throttle Cable in Flight. Here's one outcome. Now, today's listener mail comes from the West Coast and was sent in by our friend Ron of RightSeatFlying.com. In fact, um, I actually spent uh, an afternoon with Ron flying uh, 172 around San Francisco Bay. I believe I've talked about that story before. So that's the the very same Ron. Now, Ron shares his story of a broken throttle cable that caused him to make an emergency landing in San Jose, California. As we were exchanging emails with him, I found out that he later had a mixture control cable break on um, on him as well. So two different flights, one common clue, and uh, Victoria is going to read Ron's response, and then I'll read uh, my reply. So go ahead, Victoria. Sure. Um, I'm not going to sound like Ron, just <laughs> FYI. This is true. <laughs> Here's what Ron has to say. I had more of an emergency landing with a twist. To set the stage, when I started the flight, the throttle in the Warrior we were flying was rather stiff. It was a friend's plane, and I fly it a lot as a part owner wasn't a pilot. So it took two hands to rotate the throttle back and forth, and it loosened up a bit after a while. Yes, I ignored that big clue. So the flight goes fine for an hour or so, and we come back to our departure airport. 
I do a few landings for practice, and as I'm turning to downwind and reducing power, the throttle cable breaks. Fortunately, it stayed in the full power position. I declare an emergency and continue climbing while I had the power to do so. The airport was RHV, Reed Hillville Airport, or Santa Clara, of Santa Clara County, California, and the runway is about 3,000 feet long. However, I was a newish pilot with about 100 hours or less, and I wanted more options. So I went over to SJC, San Jose International Airport, and even though it was a Monday night of a closing holiday weekend, I shut them down and the airliners scattered, and I got the big 9,000-foot runway, or so it was back then. After climbing up to about 5,000 feet so I can make it to the six-mile flight over safely, I pulled the mixture to kill the engine and dead-sticked it in. The controller asked while I was on short final if I would please make, a, make the high-speed taxiway so they could get the airliners in. I said I'd try. As I flared, the prop stopped windmilling and we were committed, but I made sure we were going to land a little long as that was the point of going there to not have to put it on the numbers and then find myself a, short a little. So we touched down and the high-speed taxiway is coming up and I make it and coast off the runway and pass the yellow lines and tell the tower we are safe and need a tow. A police car came out to meet us, and I don't think we got the fire trucks at all. After giving a statement, that was it. No other paperwork or repercussions from declaring the emergency. And so here was my reply to Ron. Wild story. To be honest, I don't know if a stiff throttle would have been a big enough clue for me to consider a pending cable issue. Obviously, it's easy to see the relationship after it broke, but that's an interesting point that perhaps truly was indicative of a cable issue. And I asked him, did you ever ask a mechanic if that's a typical clue in such a malfunction? You're definitely fortunate to find yourself with full power versus the other way around. I've often thought what I would do if I wasn't able to regulate or reduce the throttle for landing, and all I can come up with was exactly what you did, pulling the mixture. Although I'm honestly curious if you can manipulate a power setting enough through minor mixture reductions to slow the engine and still keep it running down final. It would be an interesting experiment in a simulator to reduce the mixture as if you were reducing the throttle to slow the engine before flare and full mixture cutoff. And um, then this is when I actually, uh, this is when I learned uh, from Ron's reply that this wasn't the first time he had experienced a broken cable. Now, I remember in the beginning of the story, it, there were, he had a broken throttle cable. Now he tells me about a broken, um, a broken engine control cable. Okay, now imagine Ron's voice again. <laughs> <laughs> to prove that lightning does strike twice, a few years ago, a friend and I were flying to Oshkosh in a Mooney. Departing uh, PAO, Papa Alta, California, my friend was flying the rented Mooney and during the prop cycle said the prop lever seemed stiff. He was referring to the same push-pull cable. All seemed fine and we flew to Whiskey Yankee Sierra, West Yellowstone, Montana, five hours away for our first stop. I flew the second leg leaving Whiskey Yankee Sierra and during the run-up and prop cycle, the RPMs never came back up. We could never get above 2,000 RPM at full power. We taxied back and shut down and called the mechanic. Two hours later, as he had to be called from Billings, he pops the cowl and we started up and he sprays lube on the cable. As I cycle it many times, the prop never really goes to flat pitch. After cycling it 15 to 20 times, the cable sheared off at the end of the blue knob, and I pulled it all the way out. I raised it to show him the blue, and he finally understood. 
shut down and he wired it to flat pitch and we went on our way with a mostly fixed pitch prop except in descents. So the moral is a stiff cable is something indicative of impending failure. I even have that part on audio. As my buddy says, the prop is stiffed. Kind of ominous to go back and hear that. So there you have it. The moral of uh, the story does sound like that a stiff, uh, you know, a stiff cable is very likely the onset of of malfunction. Um, and like I said in the beginning of my response, I'm not sure that I would have personally uh, personally known that. Has any of my other co-hosts had an issue with a broken cable? Never a cable. I just couldn't uh, turn the aircraft off after bringing the mixture uh, to idle. Okay. And uh, I thought it was a cable, actually, and it was not. Uh, so it's kind of interesting hearing this and and thinking back. You know, I I'm thinking, oh, the cable's broken, but it didn't feel like it was broken. And sure enough, there was just a a, a leak within the carburetor that I was letting uh, fuel go by, and oh. so that's why it was still running. And uh, we couldn't couldn't turn it off at all. Hmm. You know, and and we turned the mags off. Everything it just wouldn't shut down. Finally, it did. But uh, uh, so you know, sometimes you think it's a cable and it's not, but, yeah. uh, wow. but yeah, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty wild. I mean, remind me not to fly with this guy, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Ron. I flew with him. So I, yeah. I it's okay. He's safe. What are the odds it's going to happen again? Right. I mean, uh, um, find some wood, knock on it. That's yeah. pretty intense. Um, yeah, no, I've never had that happen to me. I mean, actually, I'm cool. oh, sorry. Bob was visiting me once and he had the mixture cable, um, it was part of it. It wasn't the whole cable broke and sheared off, but there was part of it. There was something was wrong, and so he had to keep it in full mixture the whole flight up. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the flights where I tracked him very co- closely because, you know, you're supposed to lean as you go higher. So there's some the problems with going long with full mixture. Mm-hmm. But it was an easy fix. It wasn't uh, as drastic. Yeah, and he didn't, uh, he didn't obviously find himself with too many issues with the, the engine running rough or... No, none at all. He yeah. stayed low. Yeah. You know, he mentions something in here about it'd be interesting to experiment in a, in a simulator. That would be a, a great idea is to, you know, there's so many great simulators out there and just jump in and, and then try to experiment, see see what would happen. Yes, and so that's that was my response to him, Carl, was, you know, if you take, for instance, this particular case where you're stuck with full power, my my thought is if you, you know, lean the mixture you can always once. Well, we all know that once you've leaned the mixture too much and the engine starts to run rough, you know you're losing power. The question is, if you do that slowly enough and controlled enough, that you can actually, you know, do that intentionally down final to act, to slow the engine to reduce the airspeed, versus say for instance getting to a thousand feet on final and cutting it all the way. Uh, all the way to idle there. What if you just slowly reduce it to bring that, you know, to to slowly reduce power on the engine? Um, that's kind of what I was getting at. I wonder if that's I, that's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, you know, is that is that a backup? Is that a way you could sort of manipulate the engine without necessarily committing to full cutoff until you're absolutely ready? Uh, what do you, you know? Think, what do you think of that? I, I think that's a great idea, by the way, Len, but, you know, what if you're in an airplane you, you, that the starter's not working well or you don't have a starter? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a friend of mine, he actually went up uh, and was kind of showing off and turned the engine off, and it was in another one of his friend's airplanes, and he went to start it again and realized he was in a champ and he didn't have a starter. 
And uh, so he was a glider instructor, and, and you know, he, he landed it and all. But, uh, but you know, if you're going to do that, just make sure that you, you can get the engine running again, you know, especially if it quits. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of the moral of that story. But, yeah, that's, that's kind of that's another option. It's definitely yeah. another option. Yeah, I've wondered about that. So maybe we could, uh, maybe we could try that one of those fancy redbirds. Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, we yeah, should. Let's go get, it would, we'll go it would be interesting there. to see how slow it would, you know, how much that would affect right. speed. Because right. it would, but how much? Sure. And is it enough? And then, you know. Yeah. How much runway do you have? Right. Yeah. Well, and then this propeller stopping would get rid of some of the, the drag, too. So, mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if you could get it windmilling, at least get a little bit of drag to slow you down. Yeah. So, uh, nevertheless, thank you, Ron, for sending in uh, your story about your, your broken cables. I, I kind of get the feeling that uh, through his, his lightning strikes twice incident there, that, uh, that, that, that stiffness is definitely seems to be a very huge clue and uh, hopefully... Hopefully, if you've ever, if you're out there and you have that issue, it's uh, something that uh, you know you can take note of before you end up in a situation where you you may have a, a broken cable yourself. So, uh, you know, man, I wonder if he was really this calm during the whole situation. You know, because <laughs> as I'm reading, I'm like, wow, this guy's a cool cat. <laughs> you know, and, and I wonder what the. I would love to hear his reactions and and watch him while it was actually happening. He may, you know, be cool as ice and just said, hey, yeah, this is just a broken cable. I'll fix this. Yeah, or it's just uh, Victoria's very cool demeanor in in, in reading the reading yeah. the email. But uh, I'm except sure. for the part when I went when I stuttered and went. Bleh, bleh, bleh. Yeah, that was <laughs> That's probably what I would have done That's if the cable fell out while I was flying. Bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine you would uh, look over at Bob and just be like, "Ah," uh, with your hand up in the air. But what do I do? Yeah, what do I do? What do I do? This. Uh, Proper training is for always think about that while you're flying. Like, what if my engine dies? What if my throttle, you know, bar comes out? Mm-hmm. What would you do? So mm-hmm. that's why I think these podcasts are awesome. Discussing that and hearing what people would do in that situation. Because right. if you think it over, I think you'll be more prepared for if something does happen. You know, honestly, I think the scariest part is is a prop runaway. I mean, that that would induce so much drag, you know, and that that would be kind of an issue. You know, what do you do during that that phase? You know, you're you're definitely descending quickly mm-hmm. in a prop runaway situation. I haven't more had so that. on a twin. Yeah, I was more so say, I haven't had that before. Have you? Uh, actually, I haven't had a prop runaway, but I was I was discussing this with somebody who's, who worked uh, for the Coast Guard, and I was mentioning how I like to fly over water with two engines. He says, "Well, uh, he actually had to pluck some people out of the water that had a prop runaway, and uh, and it it caused so much drag, and they actually had to put it down in the water. Hmm. Couldn't make it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so, interesting. Yeah." Yeah, so all th- all sorts of stuff to think about. Yeah, know? it's the random stuff that you never think about. Like I would never think that I'd yank on a control and you know literally yank it right out of the firewall and be like, uh, ooh, now what? <laughs> That's just not something that you you tend to think of as uh, as Victoria's saying. You know, plan for some eventualities. That's that one's kind of just I don't want to say random, but it seems out there to me. I never would have even thought of such a thing happening. So you know. You know, Lynn, I don't know if you mind me sharing this real quickly, but you, you always have to watch what's going on in whatever situation you're in because you never know when something like this will come up. I just recently had an issue where I was flying out of some weather, some thunderstorms and all, and uh, the airplane, you know, it's, it's highly automated. I was doing this in the jet, and uh, it was pitching up, and it actually was commanded to, to put the nose down, to, to speed up, but it kept pitching the nose up and up and up and up, and... You know, we're looking at each other saying, what in the world is it doing? 
And until, you know, we, we decided to let it keep going, but we're both looking at each other, you know, this is going to end really badly. And so, you know, we took over, you know, we obviously turned the autopilot off and pushed the nose over. But no matter what happens, the, the toughest thing is to actually first recognize there's something wrong. And then there's that disbelief. You know, I'm sure when he pulled the cable out, he's looking at it and saying, what is this doing in my hand, you know, or, mm. or why is this happening? And, and that's, that's the, the toughest thing, I think, is when something bad happens to get over that first, all right, this is really happening. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is really happening. Recognize it and, and quick do something about it, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. I think it's important just to, to be able to recognize and do something. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, I don't. I'm kind of scared of Airbuses and anyway, but uh, now, you, now you just make me feel like I don't want yeah. to be on one anymore. I'm just kidding. Yeah, they, well, every so often they do. The computer does stuff that it shouldn't, and yeah. uh, you do have to intervene. You know, there's that. Uh, hey, you know, we've seen actually crashes because of that. You know, that the pilots didn't quite intervene and didn't quite make it to the runway. Well, see, you know, uh, that that, that kind of puts a good point for our last podcast with Max about uh, drones and, and it's a good example of why pilots will not be uh, completely out of the cockpit in commercial operations anytime in the near future. Uh, it's just too much going on, too much, too, much, uh, too much to babysit. Right, right. And, you know, hopefully, like in my case, the automation would have taken over before we stalled. But, you know, once we were about 20 knots away, I said, you know, let's not test it. <laughs> yeah. let's, just push, let's push that nose that, down. That's you know? my point. You're not going to let the airplane, <laughs> no. uh, you're not going to let it prove that it will recover exactly. itself when exactly. you've got 100 people sitting behind you. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah, that's for sure. So, yeah, interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Well, this, uh, is, this is a great email, though. They, yeah. And they can find this right there on, on Stuck My Cavcast. So that's it, correct. So yes, this is uh, all printed out in blog format on the website. Uh, it's available if you go over there now, stuckmikeavcast.com, again, the uh, the title of the blog post is Broken Throttle Cable in Flight. Here's one outcome. Um, so barring that listener mail, and we do have uh, others that we're going to share um, um, in each show coming forward, but uh, we wanted to share that particular one, and then we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about our holiday aviation uh Holiday aviation whistle. Uh, why can't I say wish? I did the same thing know. off the air. Whistles. You want the whist whist? The whist whist. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Seriously. I want the whist whist. <laughs> so, our aviation holiday wish list. There, I got it this time. Nice. And uh, I thought maybe, uh, um, let's see, uh, Rich, why don't, why don't yeah. we I'll just throw you, throw you, throw you there. Tell well, us. Uh, Throw, throw out some ideas. <laughs> throw you under the well, bus. I was thinking, boy, you know, this because you know we're there's to some degree we're, we're probably all um, in the process of either enjoying or scrambling to to get uh, you know gifts for people and and make the holidays you know fun and all that. And so, with that in mind, you know, then knowing that this is the sh the show, just our last show before the end of the year, uh, holiday season, and all, I thought, oh yeah, it'd be fun. You know, what would I if I could just if somebody said, wait, you know, what do you want? If I could um, throw throw one out there, what would it be? And that's why we started talking about the sort of holiday wish list. Um, terms of planes is is what I was thinking. If we could just right now have the money to go buy a plane that that in my mind we could fly, you know, that that would be a choice that w within a short period of time we'd be able to fly. Because I know there's some planes that you can imagine that would take a whole lot of training and all that. Um, so you know, and I, there's a lot of stuff. I I but the the one I would want to have and have a hangar for and and go use a lot. Um, at this point, as long as we're dreaming, would probably be a, um, a Cirrus 20, a SR-22, only because I have a lot of hours in the Cirrus and never 
I have never flown the 22, but as long as you're going to get one, you might as well get one with a little bit more power than. Uh, so that would be that, that would be mine only because it's so comfortable and I really I really enjoy flying it. So um, and I and I'd also and I don't know what it would be and you guys can maybe suggest one. I'd also love if I had a second one, you know, like a stocking stuffer to get a, <laughs> uh, to get a, some kind of low and slow plane, a plane with you know that's open and um, isn't meant to get anywhere quickly, but just to to be up in the air and be you know a little more mm-hmm. exposed to the environment because that is I like that a lot and uh, haven't really gotten to do enough of that, but. And, and there's certainly some ones I've been in, but you guys probably have more experience than that. So that's the first thing that came to my mind that I, because of my training and history and time uh, in type, that would be the one I would go for. I like both of those. I do like, I like the, you know what it is about the series is I like the speed and the capabilities and, you know, um, all the safety features and the avionics. It's just a, it's a very capable aircraft um, for all, you know, all ranges of pilots, new yeah. Um, and uh, experienced, and you know, it's kind of a toss-up for me between like the Cirrus SR22 or the Cessna Corvallis, which yeah, is you, you know equal. It, I, I should say equal, uh, but very close. Um, yeah, very cool design as well, and yeah, and even uh, yeah, and, that, that uh, plane is a great plane. You're right. I've never had a chance to fly one. In fact, Ron, who we were just reading the email um, from. The yes. flight school that he instructs out of has one, and I was joking with him. I was like, "When I when I win the lottery, I'm going to come out <laughs> there. You're going to get me checked out, and I'm going to go fly about in this in this uh, Corvallis that they have out there." So, right, that's um, cool. That'd be that'd be a cool plane to go exploring the uh, western part of the United States. And I, yeah. I, you know, for low and slow, I think uh, I think he would really enjoy this uh, a Cub or Super uh-huh. Cub. It's just a f- right. I can't think of anything else I would want low and slow, honestly. Uh, right. I mean, I've been, I've flown, a, I've flown it with a, you know, with a CFI. I've flown a Cetabria. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I've been in that bird dog a bunch with my friend. And, uh, and that's pretty cool just the way, but it's not one that you go out and get very easily. There aren't that many of those. Right. Um, so, but I do that, that's would all that would accomplish the same thing. But I think that's, that's a cool, I think probably that I should, it would be fun to do more of that, that flying and, uh, so having one would be kind of a cool thing. So I probably should also throw in a hangar because that would probably be helpful. <laughs> anyway, that was my that somewhere was, to that store was your thought. two new airplanes. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, very cool. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, Sean, tell us about your. It doesn't matter if it's an airplane, anything. Holiday, uh, holiday wish. Yeah, wish list item. <laughs> the wish list. <laughs> um, from an airplane, you know, there I, I got up in a uh, RV12 not too long ago. I got a quick little ride in one, and um, I'd never been in any kind of an RV before, but that was pretty fun. Uh, never flown anything with a stick either, and that was cool. So, you know, if if you're out there and you're thinking, what should I get, Sean? There you go. Um, <laughs> also, the uh, the Garmin, uh, the new D2 GPS Pilot Watch. Have you guys seen that? I have not. Oh, it's cool. I've it's not seen a, it in person, uh, but uh, yeah, I've heard about it. It tell, looks tell fancy. Us, tell, yeah, yeah. tell us what it does. I'm a big fan of pilot watches. You know, the bigger the better. And um, this one has a built-in GPS on it, and it will, um, I believe it will interface with some handheld GPSs, and it actually has a moving map display on it. You can do a few functions. I believe you can, it's got the actual AV, you know, airport database built into the watch, so you can do direct to from your wrist. It's got an HSI on it, so you can navigate um, you know, if you actually have a unit in the airplane, you're, this isn't going to be your primary navigation source, but it's still a, uh, 
a really cool feature to have. Um, and it's, uh, it's, I believe $450 or so. So it's not, mm-hmm. it's not out of, uh, out of reach for a lot of people. Uh, so that's, you know, kind of like, uh, like Rick said, there's the, the big, you know, the RV 12, if you want to get me that. And then the stocking stuffer is the pilot watch. I was just looking at that. It's pretty slick. I didn't, I've, I guess I didn't hear about it. Is this kind of new? Yeah, I believe it came yeah, out uh, past two or three months. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's fancy? it's um, yeah. If you especially if you're in a in a um, non heavy avionics kind of a plane, right there, mm-hmm. it's right there on your wrist. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Or or a backup, but it would get you a long way toward uh, toward a lot of that stuff. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking of Garmin, I didn't even necessarily. Uh, I had sort of a different idea for uh, for my holiday I wish think, list. I item. think I know where you're going. But yeah, <laughs> talking talking about Garmin, I was just looking a couple of. I think it was about two weeks ago. Their new um, the Verb the V I R B yeah. uh, camera, and yeah. so I spent a little bit of time on YouTube watching the videos and comparing them to the you know the here the GoPro Hero and the Hero Three and all that stuff. I'm thoroughly impressed extremely impressed with it and uh i would easily replace my gopro with the new garmin verb um for a multitude of reasons and i you know what i most love in fact is one of the things that they tout um about the ease of use but it's one you got one big huge button that you just slide forward um so it's really easy to start it's really easy to put from from yeah. um, you know, from standby into record mode, mm-hmm. and it talks about you know if you if you're used to using a GoPro, all of your videos start with that retarded self <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. selfie where you're where you're starting the record <laughs> button, um, <laughs> and, and you know aside from that, just the yeah. fact that it has this really massively huge you know button, it's either on or it's off. It's very it also simple. Has, has a monitor that's not a big pull right. on the battery, right? So you can actually frame. Which is always my problem with the GoPro is, although it's a wide angle, you 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 kind of make a guess. Yeah. And that that's a camera guy. That seems odd to me. Yeah. So I, I you know that's been my concern. Yeah, so this you, does you know, have a monitor. Yeah, it has a display on it. Oh, yeah. awesome! And the other really cool thing about it is, and I'm I'm actually not here to bash GoPro by any means, but I was reading the comparisons yeah. between them, and the fact is that the that the people that have used the Garmin, the new VIRB Garmin um, camera, is that it's um, you can actually get three hours of full recording time out of it. And when I used to use my GoPro, I was getting about an hour and a half um, of actual recording time. So it's got a pretty long battery life compared to the uh, to the Hero. It's a little bit easier to use, um, especially for since we're talking about winter. You know, if you've got your gloves on and stuff like that and your, uh, you know, hands are all bulked up for whatever reason, just the fact that you can slide that one button, you've got the viewfinder already built in. It's got uh, high sensitivity GPS, accelerometer and barometric altimeter and all the usual good things, uh, fun things that uh, that uh, Garmin provides. Um, so... Yeah, I didn't even intend to talk about that, but since we got when we when I went over to the website to look at the watch, I was like, oh yeah, that camera I saw it a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, I'm I'm pretty sure I want one of those. Yeah, and you know the what else you can use besides that big button to stop and start recording? Uh, the D2 Pilot Watch. <laughs> <laughs> well. I, I guess I need to write my mom back. She texted me there today. You go. Like, What's on your Christmas wish list? And I was like, uh, nothing right now. But I, I'll tell her I need a watch. I need a camera so that I can. Uh, yeah, very cool. 
that's uh, that's a neat little feature. Um, yeah, and it's uh, let's see. I'm just looking. I got distracted, but it's also <laughs> water resistant and has a diving case. It's I say uh, I say it's extremely comparable to uh, to the hero in almost all ways, shapes, and forms. Um, it's a, it's a definite contender in that space. But uh, kind of got off on a tangent. Um, Carl, tell us about yours, and then uh, tell us about your holiday wish items. Well, actually, you're talking about watches, and you know, I'd like to, you know, I'll share something with you if you just keep it between you, and me, and the hundreds of other people listening. I, uh, my, I had this watch, this really cool G-Shock watch, you know, and had all the different time zones on it, and I left it at a restaurant, and my wife bought it for me. So, I, gosh, I, I need Oops. a new watch now. Oops is right. So, so she's every time she looks at my wrist, she says, have you gone back to that place to see if they still have it? And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. I've, I've looked many, many times. But, you know, I'm going to go back. You know, G-Shock has an aviation th- series of watches now. I don't know how long they've had them, but they're really cool. And uh, as a matter of fact, I even think I saw M&M wearing one of them. It, it looked the same stylish. I want the orange band, you know. I'm not going to go gold, but I'm going bold now. So I'm going to have the uh, the orange around there and the black. has all the different time zones on there. So di- just a simple digital compass. It tells you the day. It tells you the time. And it tells you the date. And it also, you can put another time zone in there. And to me, that's so important because, you know, we're always needing what? We need Zulu time. And we need to, you know, take keep track of what day it is. Because sometimes I do a lot of red eyes. And so this, this uh, you know, the little G-Shocks are great because here's another thing. I'm not so good with watches. To be honest with you, this is my third watch in like two years. I broke both my watches in the airplane. And this one, this last one I lost. So I don't know how long this one will last, but I find that uh, <laughs> I bump into things too much. And, uh, and just come, <laughs> come. I, I, I had one of those Casio aviation watches, tore the face right off of it. I was going down the aisle, I was going to try to fix something, and, and it just tore the face right off. And, and, you know, watch parts are flying everywhere. And it was so embarrassing. You know, the passenger's like, oh, my God, this guy's flying us around. <laughs> you know? So that's my, one of my, my items on my wish list. But, you know, the, <laughs> other, the, the other real, the one that I'd really like to get, and, you know, you're talking about low and slow. My, this is something I've always wanted to get. If I, if I could just wish for anything in a stocking uh, or under the tree, it'd be an air cam. I mean, you know. Oh, don't I, even get me started. Oh, my God. That thing is so cool. I know you've been up in one, Lynn, but I've never flown in one, and I don't think I want to because it's kind of so like crack. I'll never come fun. back. Oh, gosh. My buddy's building one, and he says, you really got to look into getting this thing. There's a lot of airline pilots that, that buy it, and you know why? Because it has two engines, and it's super-duper safe, and you you know, you know can go out over the water, and you're you're not really worried about low, slow flying because if you lose your engine, you're probably not going to go in the drink. Plus, if you want to go down there and land in that water, they have a seaplane version. Yeah. So so that would be the low and slow plane uh, for me. Yeah. Oh, man. that's a, It's such a neat aircraft. And when you could... I mean, that's got to be awesome sitting up front there, and I would love <laughs> to take people for rides in that thing. Well, I mean, Victoria's flown in the same one that I do because it's actually uh, her friend that uh, is co-owner, um, part owner in, in the AirCam. But uh, the day that we flew it, he took me just quickly around the traffic pattern over at Martin State in, um, in uh, Maryland, and <clears throat> there was a little bit of um, a little bit of rain slash mist. Uh, and it was funny, and I've told this story before, but it's still so humorous to me. I'd like to repeat it, but he was showing me they've got a, a, a portable Garmin display in 
um, attached to the attached to the aircraft. And he's like, look, Len, we've got weather in the cockpit, and then we've got weather in the cockpit. And he was referring to <laughs> the uh, radar image on the Garmin and then the rain that was hitting us in the face. And I was like, this is just too neat. In fact, Rick, I might take my previous comment back about a Cub or Super Cub. I, <laughs> Carl right. reminded me, the the Air Cam, my girlfriend can vouch for, <laughs> for me on this. She'll come home and find me watching Air Cam videos oh, on okay. YouTube. <laughs> I'll start I'll start dreaming. Let me it, check it, that it, out. She's like, oh, you're watching that video again. And I was like, it's just too cool. It gives me goosebumps. It makes me so excited every time I watch it. So, yeah, the Air Cam is really neat. Uh, it's like the Harley Davidson of the skies. I mean, nothing says bugs in the teeth and low and slow like yeah. an Air Cam. I mean, it's just... Just a, it, it, it's so awesome just looking at the videos. That's what I'm like saying. You, oh, yeah, I watch the videos, and, and I'm like, oh, my God, I would love to be able to do that. Yeah, it, It's just such a neat thing. So, yeah, the air cam, and, and of course, it, with that, that same, if I would, couldn't get the air cam, I would get the Republic CB because that's the other side because it's old, and it's the it's, uh, it's same kind of thing. You're slow. Uh, you can go slow, and you can land on the water, and it's built like a boat. So uh, it's a very, very tough aircraft. But, but that air cam, I've seen people in uh, demonstrations, uh, videos of them taking off with just one engine running, you know, the other engine off, and and that kind of sold me right there. Uh, just the, the safety and the comfort. It's like sitting in your living room while you're flying around and you're having fun. And uh, you know, I, I think I could probably get my wife in that one. I think. But uh, I'll try that out. But you know the, the you know the other thing that goes along with that those those powered chutes, uh, powered parachutes. That was the other thing that I was actually looking at this year. My buddy did it a couple of weeks ago, and I was thinking of actually asking Santa for a gift certificate to go fly one of those. Hmm. So that that would be that would be the third thing that I'm going to get. Was that two wow. or three? Yeah, three. Three. That was three. So, three. Yeah. So that would be a powered parachute little, and it's at Pine Island Airport down in Florida, and that's really. It's it's amazing to watch some of the videos of these guys. The problem is you have to run real, you know, a little bit fast at first, and then you take off, and uh, and you're you do this tandem, and, and you go up and you fly around, and and you're right out there just like a bird. And uh, my buddy he flies an Airbus, and he said, you know, this is this is back to real flying again. That's why why he got back to flying a power parachute, and you get to see those at the Sebring uh, Expo. Mm. No. Well, I just texted my mom and told her to add an air cam uh, behind the, the D2 and the Verb. So, what, hon? You want a camera? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to watch a camera. Oh, and by the way, I'll need those to go along with my airplane. Thank you. Uh, very cool. That's uh, that good. Those, that was a good one, the air cam. I don't know why uh, I let that one slip my mind. Yeah, just go to aircam.com and and you'll see what we're talking about. Just click yeah. on their videos. Yeah, the videos literally give me goosebumps. They're so the visuals are so stunning. Uh, you know, you're oh my gosh, just go. Like an ad for Aircam. Go you know? put put this show on pause and go watch the darn Aircam video. Trust me, you'll you'll, you'll thank me when you get back. <laughs> and bring a towel because you're gonna drool. I tell you what. Or or go for a flight one. They're giving free flights over at Seabring. That's so right. Make it over there in January. That's right. That's uh, that's absolutely true. Um, let's see, who else haven't we heard from for their whistless? I think it's Victoria. Me. me. You guys made me very sad. I had three items and two of them were mentioned. <laughs> that's okay. Well, we can share. Yeah, seriously. Okay. Well, first off, I wanted a camera, and I really think Len is selling me on the Garmin one because mm-hmm. I love the fact that you said there's a monitor, which I didn't know that. Um, I like to see what I'm shooting. You know. So um very excited about that. That was uh that's my cheap one. My 
medium range wish list is also the low and slow air cam. That's plane number two because I'm going to have a hangar full of them someday. <laughs> so that's that's my median range. And then my big ticket item that I will just be thrilled, tickled pink if it shows up under my um, Christmas tree, though it won't fit under it, is uh, a TBM 850. <laughs> and, that's a we good were discussing one. this the other mm. day, and it was funny because actually um, we were headed to Upper Michigan and land of the snow and cold, mind you. And uh, the TVM 50, uh, 850, sorry, made it up just before us. Um, they actually experienced 120 knot headwinds, so they had to stop for gas, um, which is the only reason why they beat us to uh, where our destination was. Anyway, uh, on the day we were leaving Upper Michigan, we didn't make it out, and they did. Mm-hmm. So um, two reasons. It, took, it takes us a while with the piston aircraft to, um, you have to preheat it when it's that cold. The engine just will not start. Turbine aircraft, you don't have to worry about that. They just start right up. And in addition, they have flight into known icing, which is good because we had about 3,000 feet um, of clouds to go through. And we were really hesitant about flying through those clouds and getting that ice. Um, problem was we ended up having to turn around and land because the icing was just so scary and the clouds were getting lower and lower. We couldn't go down any further unless we wanted to end in, you know, Lake Superior. Um, so yeah, uh, flying into icing, the ability just to get through it and, you know, pop it off with boots or liquid or whatnot would be a definite bonus. Do you know how much those are? Uh, Wow. I, I just I, I do. They're like five million. Oh my gosh. Well <laughs> you can get a practical. used one for one point six million, like a two thousand seven. Oh, that's all. I was okay. on yeah, I'm on I'm on controller right now and I mean we're talking uh-huh. the lowest is one point six. Well, and, you know, in a plane like that, you definitely need your low and slow airplane as well or mm-hmm. something for a $100 hamburger hops. You're not going to yeah. burn that much gas. That would be our traveling machine, you know, going to California, go to upper Michigan again without getting stuck due to icing. Uh, it's just, you know, there's a lot of safe decisions you have to make when you fly GA aircraft. Everyone thinks it's so awesome. We fly all the time, but we ended up having to leave our airplane there because if we flew up through that, that icing and realized, Hey, this is dangerous. We'd have to fly back down through it again to land. Mm -hmm. So we chose to be safe and we're still standing here today because of that decision and go back and land. But, uh, having, you know, a TBM would have uh, made that a lot easier hmm. of a decision. <laughs> so you like the TBM 850 versus uh, the Pilatus PC-12? Um, yes. The Pilatus, I think, is bigger. Yeah. And it's just Bob and I. So, you know, we can put <laughs> some family in the back. It's just the two of us and the fur babies. We only need a $5 million yeah. turbine. No, now, not, a, not a big one. Now, the Cirruses, or Cirri, what is the plural of Cirrus? Right. Anyway? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They have flight into known icing and de-icing and stuff, mm-hmm. too. But, you know, we're coming from the glass air. You want something faster mm. and uh, also comfortable, which yeah. the Cirrus is the most comfortable aircraft I've ever flown in. So, um, yeah, we were leaning towards the TBM and seeing that at the same airport was kind of like, I like how that dude rolls. That's yeah. very nice. It's a nice airplane. I flew one when I was instructing. And uh, so I went from flying a 172 to flying a TBM 700. How was and that? And it was not difficult. Um, 
take away the fact that it's turbine versus piston, but handling characteristics, takeoff, landing, all that stuff, very light on the controls, really nice airplane to fly. The thing I noticed, because I'm like, you know, I'm like you looking at the reality of a, a premium priced airplane. So I fly this Cherokee 6 that burns uh, 15 gallons an hour, 15, 16 gallons an hour, trues out about 143. The TBM 700 burns about 90 gallons an hour and trues out almost double that. So the interesting thing is you get double the speed and seven times the, the fuel expense. So I'm looking at it going, you know, hey, I'll just I'll just I'll just take the Cherokee 6. It's uh the the extra hour it takes me to get there will be just fine with me. But um it's there you just also so have practical. to consider training as well. Flying mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like the TBM requires a lot more training and um minimal hour requirements for like insurance and stuff right. is up there as well. You want to have that turbine time, you want at least a thousand hours total time. They want to see you have that retract time stuff like that. So yeah. it's definitely, you know, not an aircraft you can just start out and you kind of work your way up to it. Unless you're lucky and, you know, have five million dollars just sitting around then, you know, hey, go some for people it. do. You know, they yeah. do they do yeah. that. They do that. And, and if any one of those people wants to adopt me, you know where to find me. <laughs> Stuck my Gavcast. <laughs> <laughs> wow, all right. So taken for ad- adoption now. Very nice. Yes. Um cool. Uh you know I I you guys reminded me, like I said, of, of a few things as you were talking. I hadn't necessarily thought of um, items specifically. Things that were kind of on my uh, wish list were, say, for instance, improvements to our hobby. Um, alternative fuel, alternative power plants, electric, uh, you know, electric power plants. I'm really, really gunning for these advancements, um, and and I'm so curious to see as the technology uh, becomes uh, available for us to to find these ways to fly longer and fly cheaper. Um, one of the things I actually saw just uh, just at the beginning of, uh, of December was that uh, um, Shell um, Aviation has had a, a pretty good fair, uh, pretty good amount of success with their 100 octane unleaded fuel. Um, they've had some pretty good trial runs with that. In, uh, in in some of their piston aircraft that they've been using it in, um, you know, I'm really curious about that. I I actually read um, a a blog post um, from uh, a friend of ours, friend of the podcast, Brent Owens, who I actually interviewed from iFlyBlog.com. Um, uh, he was talking about you know the real benefits of an electric airplane, and I just got you know got to thinking about it again. Um, notwithstanding the limitations of range and that kind of thing, but you know, you talk about uh, talk about having reduced vibration. That's uh, you know increased uh, increased uh, lifetime on the airframe, less fatigue on the pilot. Just all these things that you never, I I never really thought about. So my items are kind of you know what what are what kind of advancements are we going to see that is truly going to That'd be us, cool. You know, help us sustain a hobby. And one of them, one of them, obviously, a, a, a big shout out to our friends at Open Airplane. I mean, talk about a major milestone mm-hmm. in our industry, making it as simple uh, to rent an airplane as you would rent a car. I mean, that kind of 
technology, that kind of disruptive uh, services is what I, you know, those are the kinds of things I look, I yearn for, I'm interested in. And, and I'm really curious to see how those, you know, how things of those nature pan out. Um, anybody know much about electric engines and what their progress has been? You know, I probably should do some homework on it because I'm kind of into it on the ground. But I, I, you know, I guess I've always figured it was far enough off. But I, I, I know they. I mean, I think I've read about them testing them, but I, I shouldn't mm-hmm. speak like I know much about it. And you know, they, they've got them built and they're they're flying them. But um, you know, I read it. I think there was an article about why they'd be the ideal uh, trainer. Um, that because they're not going far away from an airport. Yeah, you know, in, in exactly. many cases, and 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 then you just plug, you know, you plug them in, and the wear and tear, as you said, the wear and tear is 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 less, than, you know, than it than it would be firing up that engine, you know, with uh, fuel. So, um, I think it's coming. I just I wish I knew the timeline because mm-hmm. it's it just takes these things a while, you know. But but I hope hopefully not. I mean that would be pretty cool if it started to be a reality that you bumped into those, uh, so to speak, every so often at an airport, you know. Yeah, and. and- yeah, I think the other thing that I'd like to see is, I mean, we know we know what we have. Uh, we know we're involved in an expensive hobby. It's uh, there's gas, there's insurance, there's gadgets. You know, price of rentals are always going up. Um, I'll be honest, I'm pretty pretty surprised, and you know, to find out that the average 172 new out of the factory is pushing what three hundred thousand dollars now, and uh, <laughs> that's just it. Just blows my mind. I mean. I would not for that price point. I wouldn't buy a 172. You know, so I, I, there's there's there needs to be some paradigm shift in uh, in I mean, our entire air, you know industry. I mean, there's some there's an article recently about the, the 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 sort of failure to sell rate of the of their uh, light sport or their little you know their little one the ses, the mm-hmm. little ses because it's really expensive for what it is. You know. Yeah, and that was, I thought I saw that. That you probably you did, and some of that's yeah. commentary out there. And that was actually one of my first responses. We talked about this in an earlier show when we were talking about the light sport. And my first and foremost uh, observation was, you know, it's still some of these birds are 120, 130, 140,000 bucks. Carl, I remember you said, you know, take away obviously the first, uh, the upfront cost, which is the obvious one, but they are, uh, you know, they. They burn less fuel. They are more efficient with maintenance. Insurance is cheaper. So operationally, there are some cheaper things. But I, you know, up front, you always look at what's the out of pocket, you know, the upfront out of pocket expense for that kind of price range. Like I was saying um, on that that show that we talked about it, for the price of a light sport. And granted, uh, you know, I'm I have an advanced certificate. Um, but I would get in that price range, I would end up with a different plane. And the same thing with a brand new Cessna. I don't, I don't think I'd put down three hundred grand for a one seventy two. I'd buy something else, uh, something else that's either faster or more capable or, or whatnot. So got a lot of challenges. Well, but uh, yeah. go ahead, Carl. I was going to say one of the one of the uh, I, I think people who's leading this challenge is uh, I think you've probably heard of the Lindbergh Foundation. You know the Charles Lindbergh Foundation, but. He uh, started this thing called the Aviation Green Alliance, and is really promoting uh, electronic engines, but or electric engines, and also many different other things that make our engines and our airplanes run uh, a lot, uh, a lot more efficiently. Uh, for, for instance, winglets. I mean, imagine that. Uh, you know, the the guy from NASA who invented the winglets, and and went on and and started. 
what's his name, the Joe Clark or whatever. I think he was with NASA, and he uh, went on to start that Aviation Partners and did a really, really great job of of improving efficiency. And I think as they're saying, like he's saved over a three was it three billion gallons or something like that of jet fuel. Mm-hmm. Over, but just because of this innovation, and now we're going to to electric engines. You know, they had the Eco Awards recently mm-hmm. for, uh, and and they they electric engines that that actually pull the aircraft out to the runway that are actually attached to the wheels. I mean, they that was one of the winners. So. Right. Yeah. The elect- they, that, uh, electric tug. Yeah, and and you know, uh, my partners in the 182 that I just sold out of, we were talking about getting a, a diesel engine actually, mm-hmm. and then uh, said, hey, maybe we should think about an electric engine. Uh, so it's it's pretty, but the upfront cost though we kept looking at it, it's like oh my gosh you know, like you said you know is this really worth it you know we we could go buy another airplane yeah instead so yeah and today you got to weigh a lot of things today's day and age new technology is always expensive I think we're all familiar with that so as 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 time goes on it becomes cheaper and cheaper and and more usage uh, uh, helps with that but uh, some interesting some really great. Uh, Wish list items. I appreciate you sharing that, uh, sharing all those with me. Speaking of holiday items, um, <clears throat> we are foregoing a normal content show on our January first New Year's Day release and doing uh, doing something a little bit different this time around. Rick's been uh, digging through the archives, the digital archives, yep. and uh, putting together what we're calling our best of Smack, the uh, best of Stuck Mike Avcast episode. Um, that's what we're actually going to be releasing on January 1st. So it's going to be uh, bits and pieces and blurbs from our favorite shows. Um, and we'll be sharing that uh, in place of, like I said, in place of a, a normal content show, we'll be sharing that uh, instead. That will be coming out on January 1st. So just a heads up and a reminder, if you do happen to stumble on that and you're wondering uh, why it's uh, it's it's not the, what's it, it's a deviation from the standard format, that's what we're uh, we're working with our picks of the week. Well, let's move on to our, our picks of the week. Go ahead, Sean. Sorry, I couldn't get to the mute button very quickly. <laughs> um, <laughs> mine is uh, a, a kind of a collection of apps uh, for you know they're they're for iPhone because that's what I have. They may be on Android as well. I don't know, but um, it's uh, three or four different um, sort of combat flight simulation apps called Sky Gamblers. And um, they're fairly realistic. They're you know in that you can control all the different axes of the airplane, but I'm sure there are a lot of aerodynamics that aren't all that realistic. But it's a it's a fun way to kill five ten minutes. There's online play. You can dogfight against other jets from or or warbirds from different eras, um, and it you know works pretty well. You can do the sort of the standard stuff that you've seen in, in flying video games as far as free-for-all or you campaign or you can be on Teams. Um, and I know it's on uh, iPhone, looks really good on the new, uh, the new iPhone 5S for sure. And um, iPad looks good on the big screen too. So Sky Gamblers, check it out. Excellent. Victoria, your pick of the week. My pick of the week is the Quiet Technologies Halo headset. Um, I had been wanting a new headset for a while. I just don't like how... After a long cross country, you feel just, I I always feel like it's clamped. I always feel like my head is clamped and I'm a girl. So I always hate my hair after uh, taking the headset (laughs) off. So the uh, Halo headset was actually recommended to me by several readers of my blog when I mentioned looking for a new one when I did break another one. So um, it's an in-ear 
headset. It weighs only one ounce, and so far I have been just shocked at how good the noise cancellation is and just how comfortable it is. Uh, I've really been enjoying it. I've had six flights with it now, and I can't complain. I'm so excited, and actually Bob's thinking about getting one now mm-hmm. as well. And that's from a Bose user, so... Mm-hmm. They're definitely awesome. Yeah, they're great. And Carl and I have used the uh, the competitor, cool. the the Clarity Aloft, and the, just going from an over the head clamp uh, headset to an in the ear design that's uh, that's that's very light and quiet. I was I'm I'm definitely sold on that style. I'm sure you'll. Oh yeah. I'm sure yeah, it's you'll. It's very enjoy affordable. It. That's what. Yeah. The price just you you just can't beat it. Mm-hmm. So okay. definitely uh, check them out. Excellent, excellent. Speaking of excellent. Carl, uh, share your pick of the week. Well, I've I've got a pick of the week. It's actually there's two associated ones. There's uh, a lot of folks have been asking me lately. Hey, where can I uh, take my son, my daughter to to go flying and and buy a flight for them? And there's a great website, uh, aopa.org/slash/let'sgoflying, and you can go in there and it actually talks about how to start flying, where to find a flight school, where to find an introductory flight. So it's aop.org slash let's go flying. That's for those people that, that you think want to get into aviation to fly right away and, and has a lot of information about how to get into flying. Another uh, thing that you, you won't have to pay for, and it's, it's a bunch of volunteers that do this, it's called the Young Eagles Program, and that's by the Experimental Aircraft Association, EAA, and that's youngeagles.org. So if you're thinking about a Christmas gift this season uh, or any holiday season, go to AOPA's Let's Go Flying or go to the youngeagles.org, and you're bound to find someone who's going to be willing to take you up for free, like in the Young Eagles, or you can buy a gift certificate or a first flight. And uh, those, both those websites I, I really highly suggest. And, and just to add one more thing as far as my, my Christmas wish list, I hope we have a season of no accidents this year. Very good. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, it's, speaking of Young Eagles, I would wholly support that organization because uh, if you've uh, been following from the beginning of uh, the beginning of the Stuck Mike Avcast, that's actually how I got involved in flying was uh, – my first plane ride, uh, uh, my first ride in a small plane, I should say, was through Young Eagles, and I was really fortunate to go for a ride in a gentleman's experimental home built, which was a Lancer 320. Um, very cool airplane, very sleek, very fast. Nothing, uh, literally nothing sticking out of the airplane like um, all of the antennas and all the normal stuff you see on an airplane was all internal. Uh, so it was really cool, very sleek. So I I, I second that Young Eagles uh, Young Eagles um, program for sure. And you know, the, the, whoever goes flying in this can actually get their their name put into this logbook online. Right. It's a world, it's isn't just, it? The world's largest it's the largest logbook. logbook. Yeah. yeah, it's up to eight. Uh, no, not eighteen hundred. One point eight million uh, people have been uh, flown so far through yeah. the Young Eagles program. And uh, and I'm looking actually up. When, when did you go, Len? Oh, you had to ask, right? 1995, <laughs> try 95 or 96. Oh, I'm not entirely right. sure. It's really cool because you can actually find, uh, like if you took someone flying, you can find their name. It's always mm-hmm. going to be in that logbook forever yeah. and ever. I should look but, that up. Uh, I'm actually looking up for you, but it's it's taking a while. That's okay. <laughs> While you do that, I'll share my pick of the week. Um and it's actually something that um, 
we've partnered up with uh, with uh, Brent Owens over at uh, FixedWingBuddha.com. Um, as I mentioned, I've I've interviewed him when he first started his blog, his first blog, iFlyBlog.com. I found out recently that he has a product out for sale and I was asking him about it and he sent me a free copy to check it out. It's called The Pilot's Guide to Flying on a Budget. And uh, it's, um, it's a great, uh, it's a great book. It's 118 pages. It's, uh, it's got everything from learning to fly, aircraft rental, ownership, building, uh, considerations and, and whatnot. But it talks about it's you know it's it's a collaboration of I'm just counting here we've got uh, about five um, five contributors uh, to this to this ebook and it's it it basically takes you through like I said pr- um, from learning to fly to aircraft rental ownership building etc and how to basically maximize uh, maximize your your money spent um, it's a it's really great. I mean, I've been looking through it over the last couple of weeks, and like, it's just chock full of uh, chock full of information. I th- I can't remember off the top of my head. It's right around the twenty two dollar price point. Um, not terribly expensive. Uh, it's one hundred and eighteen pages. There's all kinds of stuff in there. You can check that out. Like I said, we've partnered up with him uh, to help him promote and sell that. You can visit our affiliate link at stuckmikeavcast.com forward slash budget flying. And it's uh, it's just a really great uh, great tool, um, finding ways to to save some money through you know all kinds of things, bartering, partnerships, um, flying ultralights, doing light sport flying, uh, you know things that I think some of us maybe be aware of, but haven't thought about, and certainly not all been. Uh, put into one concise location slash reference guide. So, uh, so yeah, check that out. I think, it, I think it's a very, very great, um, ebook. Um, Rick, your pick of the week. Yeah. Sort of in honor of the, uh, pending trip around the globe by Santa. Um, <laughs> I just thought I'd mention that there, the NORAD Santa.org website is getting ready to track that. The reason it's interesting, it's a tech interesting story. Cause I think that site was for a while, a Google product and it is now a Microsoft product. Uh, but it seems to run on Chrome and other websites web browsers fairly well. Currently 13 days as we record this four hours, 29 minutes and eight seconds till something happens with Santa. But the other thing is it's an app and it's an app for everything. Um, and, um, the iOS name, and I bet it's the same in all of them is called NORAD tracks. And prior to that night, there's games, there's just there's uh, time waster stuff on there that's pretty fun and it's well done um, and there's you know little music selections and movies and other things and then and then at some point there's a I think an animation that kicks in so uh, that's called uh, nor it's at noradsanta.org and uh, the the app is called norad tracks santa actually norad tracks santa by a company called vision box inc that's my pick happy holidays everybody the after landing checklist a interesting show with all the uh, with list items and uh, apps and whatnot. Um, links and show notes for this episode are available at stuckmikeavcast.com forward slash 62. When you get there, don't forget to like, tweet, or share the show. Help us, uh, help us spread the love. Plus, you can uh, leave a comment on the blog because we love hearing from you. And as you've seen over the last few shows, uh, if you leave us a comment or write us a story, we're 
happy to share it on the show as well if it's a, a teachable moment that we can uh, we can help other people uh, learn from. If you'd enjoyed the episode, you can support the Stuck Mike Avcast by visiting our sponsors and affiliates on the website. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or show ideas, reach us through uh, stuckmikeavcast.com forward slash contact. Uh, when you get there, you can either send us an email, leave us a voicemail. If you so desire, you could write some snail mail. In fact, uh, I would love to see the first piece of snail mail show up in my uh, in my bot my my mailbox. So if somebody's curious enough just to uh, write a little hello note, that'd be fun. Uh, and you can even find all the direct uh, contact uh, information for each co-host directly. A special thank you to our sponsors, Four Pilots Only and Aviation Universe, for so graciously supporting this podcast. For myself, Len Costa, Carl Valeri, Sean Moody, Rick Felty, and Victoria Zeichel, thanks for tuning in to episode number 62 of Stuck Mike Avcast. Until next time, fly smart and fly safe. And as we leave you today with our new yearly tradition, we now give you the Pod Safe Christmas song. Okay, guys, everyone ready to sing the song? Yeah, we're ready. Great. Now, remember, it's almost Christmas, and nobody has any Pod Safe Christmas music. So uh, that's your motivation here. Uh, CC Chapman, you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. And uh, Lennon Nora from Jawbone, good to go? Let's do this! And uh, Adam Curry, Skyping in from the helicopter flying somewhere above your golden palace. You all patched in there, Adam? Adam. Adam! Pretty good, guys, except, uh, Adam, you sounded a little bit like you were rushing it there at the end. Uh, you know what I mean? Buddy? Whatever, dude. All right, well, I can't say I care for the attitude, but, you know, just pay attention next time. Now, uh, the rest of you, I just wanted to go over... Adam. Adam, did you say something to me? No. Huh. That's funny. I thought I heard you say something. No, I didn't! Look, I don't want to go through this with you again. We're here to sing a song about pod safe Christmas music, and I, I just want everyone to do their best, you know? I mean, can you just give me a little effort? <laughs> Shut up, Cece. Adam, just give me a little effort, okay? Adam? Adam? Adam! Jesus, what? Soon, but uh, we may have saved Christmas. Special thanks to you, Adam, for paying attention. Yeah, screw you. I'll see you tomorrow at rehearsal.
You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Abcast is an aviation podcast, a Len Costa production.